0: hello guys welcome to today's episode with dr simon Charts. he's been amazing young dentist he's been involved in the bacd and a whole host of other things including parlor toothpaste which sounds like a really great idea it's renewable toothpaste um and yeah dr simon had some really really interesting and really really useful tips for young dentists and we also talked about mindfulness and mental health in young dentistry as well uh was a pretty short podcast we're looking at about half an hour guys so really enjoy this one and as always these podcasts by dents of insta and Hot Pot podcast are sponsored by the incredible folk over in the patreon group so if you want to be someone who's supporting the channel and helping it grow and improving the quality which i hope you're going to see on the youtube now we start youtube lives Then head over to the Patreon link which is in the bio of Instagram or in the show notes and see if it's something for you. Enjoy this one. Okay, awesome day outside today. So warm. Right, so today, guys, welcome. We've got Dr. Simon Chard from the BACD. He's going to be talking a few little bits and pieces, mainly just... Um, advice for younger dentists uh, So that's going to be a really good one Let's just pop in the topic And see if he's joined us <clears throat> So Dr. Simon T-H-L-D. And we are doing advice For younger dentists today There we go there is our topic, guys. How are you all doing? What's what are you up to today? Um, it's great weather out in the UK today. So, your uh, minds here, awesome. So we'll have some interesting comments, of course, from you. Uh, who else have we got? Tooth Fairy Journal. Loads of Hello, Simon. Hi, Simon. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Good. I'm. I'm boiling. It's
1: so warm today. It's, it's uh, beautiful, nice, isn't it? Nice change of pace.
0: Uh, how are you managing down in London?
1: Yeah, very well, very well. Um, I'm just on the outskirts, so it's a little greener here and uh, a bit quieter. So um have been uh, enjoying the day with the family and uh, playing out in the garden and that sort of thing. So yeah, I can't complain.
0: Yeah, I think we're, we're looking at barbecues today, so it uh, should be a nice nice little do later. Yeah, yeah uh, I've been enjoying the barbie as well. Yeah, well, um, awesome, yeah. I think most people know who you are. Pretty much, I'm, I'm guessing. Uh, for the guys who are not UK-based, very quickly, where did you qualify from? What jobs did you take and what are you doing now?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I qualified in 2012 <laughs> from Kings. Um, and I, after my vocational training year, went into three practices. So both my parents are uh, dentists, um, and which is a practice that I've recently bought from them. Yeah. Um, so I did one day a week there and then I wanted to spread my, um, experience, not just in that one practice, but to learn from other people, um, and different ways in which people were doing things. So I went into one, uh, mainly implant-based practice, which was, uh, Harpal Chana's Clinic in, uh, Teddington and, yeah. um, he's a restorative consultant. So that was kind of, um. Uh, kind of like a, I always see it as like a paid DF2 position, like a paid hospital position because Hopal had all this experience and I would go in and shadow him and learn from him and we would treatment plan cases together and that sort of thing. And he he does a lot of full arch implant restorative, uh, a lot of full arch implant surgery, sorry. Uh, So I learned a lot about that as well, which is the main (laughs) focus there. And then the other clinic uh, was actually where I, just fell into the digital dentistry world um that clinic the owner of it also was a reseller of serac machines and so that um that allowed me to get a very early insight into the digital workflows that you could achieve with serac before it became such a hot topic as it is now this was sort of seven eight years ago now so i've been using Mm. serac ever since then and um yeah obviously now my main, i'm a cosmetic and implant dentist is the way I would describe myself most of my work is minimally invasive aesthetic dentistry um, but yep. always using the latest digital digital technology to either improve outcomes or imp- improve the patient journey uh, and comfort yep. so I now own a, a seven surgery multidisciplinary practice with my wife Megan uh, we've got about 25 staff um, nine dentists couple of uh, an endo perio just bringing in the those yeah. now. So yeah,
0: that's me, basically. Yeah, whistle the tour of your career. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, exactly. kind of, exactly. Kind of sets, the scene, sets the scene, like who who you are. Uh, but I, th- I think that kind of means that you've got a really, really good kind of backing and, uh, and grounding a lot of areas. So guys, in the comments, if you're wondering about certain career paths, just standard questions, whatever it is you're thinking about doing, drop those in there and we'll try and get through them. Uh, I don't know if you joined with Ansar or with Jazzy last week. Um, but we did five most used emojis. So we've got to drop those down in the comments. It's just a little bit of fun. Uh, to five see five what, most used emojis? Yeah. This, someone asked us and I thought, you know what, this is hilarious. So uh, what are the good five good. that I use the most? Yeah. So like, uh, you iPhone, you know, most
1: recent, bang them out, see what happens. Oh, uh, okay. As in like all the ones on the left-hand side. They're the most yeah, frequently that Okay. Yeah. That's, my, that's my five there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Guys, drop yours down there as well. We've got a question. Awesome. Um, Iman, of course, with the question. I think everybody knows Iman's going to ask a question. What is the easiest way to get involved in digital dentistry?
1: Um, well, I guess if you're an associate, the easiest way is to uh, find a practice that's already using a digital scanner. Um, Mm -hmm. if you're in a practice that you're happy with and you're not and they they won't buy a scanner or um, uh, they can't be persuaded into doing so then I do know a number of associates who have bought digital scanning equipment for themselves and I think if you can whenever anyone asks me what scanner should I buy my first answer to that question is what do you want it for so there's three sort of main categories you've either got the Cerec system, which is the one that I use mainly, um, which is allows me to manufacture restorations in house, which has a number yeah. of benefits that we can talk about later on. Um, and I personally love that system. It's it's a, it's its own ecosystem, so it's kind of it's not actually closed anymore, but it's a little bit closed, like Apple. Um, yeah. You've then got just the standalone scanners, of which there's many, and some of them are really cheap now in dental terms. So the the classic ones for that for that is sort of the three shape. Um, but there's also the Medit 500, which is a sort of a less expensive one now. And there's other um, even cheaper scanners coming onto the market now. Um, mm. And then there's the iTero, which is obviously Invisalign scanner. And if you want to increase your Invisalign output, that's your business argument for, for making that purchase. Because they've shown that with an iTero scanner, uh, you will have much more patients uptaking Invisalign treatment because of the immediate... <laughs> visualization of their outcome that you can provide to all your patients so yeah that's that's kind of the overview i guess but um i think everyone really eventually will go digital it's just a question of of when they make the jump
0: really i kind of i I tend to agree we had on uh christina blucher from america um, her handle is queen of invisalign and she uses it for absolutely everything with her iTero yeah Uh, i know they just brought out the 5d uh, but there's all sorts of things from occlusal analysis to, you know, um, impressions for all crowns and bridges, et cetera, as well as just, you know, uh, your standard Invisalign. Uh, you can be doing things like checking your wear patterns and, f- you know, progression of wear. Really, Absolutely. Really-
1: I mean, I, I think that the the digital scan is going to become, in essence, a new charting. Uh, for me, it, it's now just a part of the routine examination yeah um and um so i'm just gonna close the door because the baby's crying and i haven't shut the door here no worries so yeah I, I think it's it's become for me part of the routine examination and i think eventually it's going once the software uh the sort of patient management software catches up it's going to become just a, just in essence made and replace the way we chart teeth at, at the moment which would be great because you get so much more detail than you do in than just putting it in those sort of square boxes that you get on on the various um softwares that we have available to us yeah
0: I, I tend to agree i mean things like you can be looking at clinical attachment loss in recession and that's just perfectly you know taken there without having to get out your uh gg whatever you know whichever probe you're using to to um uh, measure that whether williams or et, cetera, et cetera. it means that you just got so much more information it's saved you can see exactly what's there the patient can see yeah. it more importantly and then you can go from there and, and build your treatment plans. Um, another yeah, question, uh, this one's half cut off. I'll read the rest of it we've got down there. Everyone enjoy the same success you seem to have had for the moment. Uh, that's because everyone's journey is different. Uh, the question is, any advice for those guys who maybe struggle a little more? I paraphrased the question, it's quite long. <laughs> uh, struggle more with their careers? Yeah. You know, if you fall into the wrong job. Uh, and you struggle in that kind of side of things, and then you maybe, you know, take a couple of mis- missteps or something like that,
1: how how would you get back on track? Well, look, I mean, I think the most important thing to say is, uh, my, it may look as a, okay, how do I phrase this correctly? I, ha- I have enjoyed a lot of success in my career, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, but there's been a lot of hardships along the way as well. And of course, yeah. th- for example, the, the job that I discussed discuss with regards to where I got my ceramic experience, there were a lot of negatives in that practice, and um, I learned a lot of the ways that I didn't want to be in my own clinic moving forward. Uh, and I was a very young gra- I was a, a very young grad to be in a practice that was um, at that level of clinical dentistry, and that yeah. was a very stressful time for me. And that's often why I recommend. To a lot of young grads, they, they may want that sort of super swanky private clinic to go straight into, but actually working in the NHS and learning your craft and um, working in scenarios where there isn't that added pressure of high financial burden on uh, on the case actually is a, is sometimes a much more uh, a much safer and a more enjoyable environment to to grow as a clinician because no one comes out of no one comes into this world being an amazing dentist. You you work hard, you practice, you practice, you practice, you document, you practice, you make mistakes, you fail. And then eventually you failed enough times that actually you're successful. So I, 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 am still learning all the time. And yeah. I think um, the most important thing for people to remember is that all the most successful people have failed repeatedly. And I saw a quote recently, I think it was from Michael Jordan um which said something along the lines of I've missed 30 or 300 or I can't remember what the exact number is but I've missed like more game-winning shots than I've hit and I've, and I've lost the game for everyone um, yeah. but it's those ones that he sinks and he wins the game on the last minute and he hits the three-pointer and everyone goes wild but everyone remembers yeah. and it's by failing that many times that actually you you become what people view to be a success but um yeah, I guess that's the best way to answer that. Yeah, I, th-
0: I think I would kind of agree. I mean, myself, I'm in a very nice practice at the moment, uh, but there are things which I'm thinking, actually, I want to do X, Y, Z. Um, and I, I might, you know, look at other alternative, you know, ways of doing things in the future if I were in that sort of situation of owning I mean, a practice. But obviously, COVID aside, it's, it's very, very difficult at the moment.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. COVID's a different kettle of fish because there's limitations to yeah. on you. But I think yeah. if, if you're in a job that you don't, that you're not happy with, then just leave. No one's, yeah. no one's making you stay there. There's, <laughs> there's, there's, so many practices out there that you can go and work in. And mm. if you're in a situation where you don't feel as though you're, you're being pressured into doing things in a way that you don't want to do, or you're unhappy with the environment and you're going every day begrudging it and hating it and really like not enjoying the thought of being there, then why put yourself through that stress? There's no amount of money that you can make that can make up for that unhappiness. And I just think people are always scared of change. That's natural for everyone. Yeah. Um, but actually taking that leap and making that move, afterwards you'll look back and you'll think, oh God, I'm so happy that I got out of that situation. And I think it's really useful. This is why the BACD has been so amazing for me because I've had that network of mentors from a really yeah. young age uh, in my career and, and I've been able to to bend people's ears and ask their advice and say, is this normal? Should this be different? Like, should I change? Should I? And, and there's loads of job opportunities that come through that as well. So I would advise people who are, who, if they are struggling with their careers, find a community that you can get involved with in whatever yeah. area of dentistry is your passion. And then, um, uh, ask advice from other people. And if, if you want to DM me with questions that I'm more than happy, I'm always happy to answer them uh, where I can do. Um, yeah. I don't have all the answers, but it's, um, I think the one good thing to come out of this whole COVID thing is that there's, there seems to be more unity in dentistry than ever before. And I think that's really important. Yeah. I,
0: I think it's been really good. We've had, I think we're on, we must be nearing number 60 in terms of the live podcast that I've done now. Uh, huh. And there've been a, big range of people from across the globe who've been, you know, giving advice and oh, this is how you want to do an endo. I've had Karina on, uh, you might know from London. Yeah. yeah really, like really, really good teacher. So she's been teaching stuff. Loads of guys come on, even if it's been a bit more of a non- clinical side of dentistry, uh, we've had a lot of support from people and you know, learned quite a lot. So hopefully the guys who've been tuning into all these different webinars, for, which have been going on
1: for free, will you know, go back into practice with a few few more little tricks up their sleeve. Um, yeah, sure, but the, th- the thing is, mate, you're a prime example, that like you're doing something different. You're, you're working your butt off in, in creating content and, and doing things like that. And I think that, that's the key for everyone. Like if you're, if you're unhappy in your situation, then just Mm. try and develop your own, your own USP, your own niche, and then just work, work, work until it, until it becomes a success. I was lucky in some ways that digital dentistry, I sort of fell into my niche, Um, but, and that, and that's been very, that's been great for me with regards to lecturing from a young age and that sort of thing. But the cosmetic dentistry side of thing, I just worked really hard. I went to every event. I went to so many BACD events when I was an undergrad, a new grad, Felt so awkward. Didn't know anyone, um, and a lot of the time I'd go to events and I'd be like, "Why am I going to this? Like, I'm, it's really awkward. That I don't know anyone here." But then you go to enough of these things, and eventually, it beca- you you do know people, and then you you become part of the community, and then everything follows from there, and your network grows, and your network is your net worth, as they say.
0: Yeah, I th- I think the the kind of the key point there is. Even yourself, who's, you know, been very lucky and myself, who I, I would say, you know, two years out of uni, I've been very lucky with the FD job I had and then the job that I've had afterwards. And they've been very good jobs for me. But even then, if, if I was looking for things to complain about, I could find something to complain about. Yeah. It's better to look on the brighter side of actually, just for example, all oh, the nurses are really good and they, they're quite helpful or our reception are really good with my book. Just, you know, find, find some, that positive point and build upon that and then think oh actually this is pretty good as well um and you tend to feel much more settled in yourself and happier once you once you start thinking actually this is pretty good this is pretty good okay that's not so good but maybe i can work around it and then once you're a bit more settled and content and a bit more grateful for everything then then things seem to open up but i don't know if that's how
1: you've seen things but i've i felt that way as well uh, I mean, you, 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 event, like, as with everything, the more you're in, the more you do things, the more comfortable you become in your surroundings. And so, small things that are wrong may not actually have as much of an impact on you as before because you have more <laughs> self confidence than previously. If you're really unsure about doing a procedure and then your nurse is sort of slagging you off behind your back or in front of the patient or something like that, and you're already anxious about the procedure, then that's going to make your day a hell of a lot worse. Whereas, for me now, they, I mean, obviously I'm the principal now, so it's slightly different. But even before then, there's nothing really a nurse can say to me that's going to stress me out because I'm very comfortable in my surroundings. I'm comfortable with what I'm doing. Um, mm. But definitely when I was a younger dentist, I remember one time a nurse said to me after, after speaking to a patient, she said, you, uh, you share too much of yourself with your, with your patients. They don't, they don't want to hear about it. <laughs> and um, I took that very personally and I was, I was absolutely livid. Uh, now I think I would just laugh, but um, yeah, I, I guess that's how you develop as a person and as a clinician.
0: I think we answered Amand's question already. Uh, it's the network effects of uh, BACD, which really helps you. Uh, he is asking, as a young dentist, how did you deal with some of the failures clinically, so ledgers, and how did you improve the confidence around it? Did you think it was courses that helped you or just having those experiences and, and thinking next time I'm going to change what I do a little bit?
1: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm a big fan of failure. Um I think you learn the most from the times when you really mess up. Um mm-hmm. and I've definitely messed things up in my time. Um and I really like the I really like the phrase you either you either learn or you win. So you're either you either successful, or if you do fail, then you've learned from it. And so then you've been successful in that phrase as well. Um I mean with regards to the clinical failures, how do you deal with them? Something like that. Like let's say your your RCT is short, um, and you can see it. You re- you realise that you've you've not provided as satisfactory a solution as you wanted to. Then yeah. take the money out of it completely, and just either if you if you feel competent enough to do it effectively for your patient, then redo it yourself. And if you don't, then ideally you'll have mentors around you who can assist you. Maybe you can send it to a colleague or, or reimburse the patient and say, look, this is outside of my level of expertise. I'm going to send you to this person. And then ideally, if you have a good relationship with that endodontist, let's say, or even more senior clinician, they'll allow you to shadow them. And then you literally are learning so that you learn yeah. from that difficult scenario and it doesn't happen for you again. I think the, the worst thing you can do is try and hide it away. Like you're a really bad person and that you've ledged on your RCT or it's short. Um, and so you try and hide it and don't tell the patient. And oh what happens? They're going to be mad. That's for me is the worst thing you can do because um, I don't know if you've read the, the book Black Box Thinking by Matthew Syed. No, I've not. No. They, they, he, it's, it's all about failure, and uh, he he talks about the error, the air, uh, the airplane industry versus the medical industry, and how in the airplane yeah. industry it's not a blame game. Um, they have the black box. Everyone learns from the failure, whatever that failure is, technical or or pilot based. And and that failure gets disseminated. The information gets disseminated across everyone in the whole industry. Whereas in medicine and in dentistry as well, if you fail, it's assumed that it's the clinician's fault. And and therefore, the natural culture within the industry is trying to hide your failures so that you don't get in trouble. Mm. So I think for us as dentists, we've got to get away from that. Failure is not anyone's fault. It's a it's it's the only thing that's guaranteed is that a certain percentage of your procedures will fail. Um yeah. and now if you feel that you're failing again and again in the same area, then yes, you need additional training in that so that you don't fail. But again, I I come back to the point that no one was born blessed with the skill of um of uh the crown down root canal technique. Um oh, yeah. and um it just comes down to training, practice, and, again, good mentorship.
0: Yeah, I th- I think that's kind of key. Um, if you find, manage to find yourself into, I don't know, for example, let's just stick on the endo route. If you're interested in endo, um, go in there, find, find a practice where someone's got an MSC and is happy to kind of jump in and say, uh, actually, the MBT is there and this is how you get down it. You know, just dr- drop in almost like you were back in uni, where your clinician would come in uh, to the uh, into your little bay and say, "Okay, just do this next," and that can be really helpful. Uh, I know that I've I've been really lucky with that. The my TPD is uh, an endo guy, and so am I. So I'm actually working in his practice now, um, where he's an associate, and and he's next door to me. He jumps in. He showed me how to use MTA find canals all these different little bits and pieces that had i just gone for i don't know a really big private jobs somewhere where they're just throwing cases in the door i wouldn't have that learning opportunity so i think that's yeah. really useful um uh, <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: but what i'd also say is if you are repeatedly messing up endo and you hate doing it and you're in a position where you're not working in the nhs and you can pick and choose what you do then at some point, you can just say, I don't want to do endo anymore. Prime (laughs) example of that is me. I don't do endo anymore. (laughs) I've hired uh, an endo guy to come in and do all my root canals for me. Now, I'm in a very lucky position that I can do that. But as you say, if you choose to work in a practice where they have an endodontist or a guy with an MSc in endo, then you can can do that. No one's going to make you do root canal outside of any systems that do, i.e. the NHS. Yeah. but if you're working privately, then then you can focus in if you want to. And you can be really narrow and just do this, the procedures that you want to do if you're working in a multidisciplinary team.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a, a really nice way to do things because, for example, yourself, you're interested in the implants. You're interested in the restorative side. It's a lot of work to then be really good at ortho, really good at perio, really good at you know X, Y, Z, oral surgery, yeah. all these other things you can just focus in laser, you know, laser focus and go, I'm going to get really good at
1: these bits. And the guy next door is going to get even better at the other bits. Yeah. So you all can. And they'll see it. things that you won't see. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm bringing in an author at the moment and we are having discussions about a few cases and she's a, a an author who's worked a lot with, um, uh, with restorative dentists. So she used to be yeah. Gallup Gurel's orthodontist. and, awesome. uh, they teach you things that you just, you, you don't see, even as a, I mean, I know a lot about a lot in general dentistry, in in cosmetic dentistry. I'm a complete geek. So I've seen, I I feel like I've seen every case going, but even I I don't have the sort of mechanical orthodontic physical knowledge that she has. And she's like, Oh yeah, we're going to move this Zenith here. We're going to bring that down slightly, bring that. And it's just to a level that I've never seen before. And and it's, Mm. that's the sort of dentistry that I want to be doing. And, And for that, I think you do need, you can be a very good generalist, um, but to be top drawer, I think you do need to have um, uh, uh, other people with, who are, you need people in the room who are smarter than you, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. You want to be, you want to be not the thickest guy, but the, the least intelligent guy in the room or the least experienced.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So you can, especially as a young dentist, if you're, if you're two years out of uni and the, the other guys are one, one year's out of uni, it's going to be a recipe to uh, a little bit of a mess. Should we say? Yeah. No, you
1: need, so, so you can't, you can't, even with doing every course in the world you can't beat experience and no. you don't know what you don't know and when you're young certainly when i was young i thought i knew everything and i really didn't uh, and i'm sure there's lots of, of young dentists who are just just like me uh, in the same situation yeah uh
0: let's move on to a slightly different topic i think it's still mental health week or month is it month? Just, month finish link. Finish just finish the length just finish yeah uh we almost managed it. Uh, but just to just to touch on the mental health side of things, because it can be stressful. It can be, you know, quite a lot if you are struggling a little bit. What are the things that you do outside of work, outside of dentistry that keep you grounded? I know you've got the young family. Uh, what are your other support structures?
1: Yeah, so mental health in dentistry is, is a topic that I'm really passionate about. Um, it's something that I've been talking a lot about for the last couple of years, to be honest with you, but only recently I've actually, it took COVID for me to put together a lecture to actually uh, start putting it on the podium and putting more of a spotlight on it. Because I think the more we talk about it, um, as has been shown by this question, and as is shown by every time I speak about mental health on my social media, I'll have someone DM me saying, thank you for that, or I'm really struggling with this. And sometimes it's people that you would never expect. So I think the first thing to say about mental health is, if you're struggling with your mental health, you're probably more in dentistry part of the norm than the abnormal. Um yeah. the way in which I deal with it, and I've done as I say, I've done a lot of research on this for the uh the lectures that I've been doing. I'm actually doing a lecture for Invisalign on this on Wednesday. Um but three main sort of key tips that you can take away that, as I say, are completely based in science. So, yes, they work for me, so anecdotally I support them, but that I've done the research to make sure that they I'm only recommending things which are heavily based in science. The mm. first thing is exercise. So 45, it's quite specific, 45 minutes of exercise three times a week. doesn't matter what it is, but that's going to give you, and this is quite a strange stat, but this is from a um, a massive paper in The Lancet. I think it was a 1.3 million people this study was on uh, wow. over four years. And they basically found that if you do... 45 minutes of exercise three times a week, uh, you'll have 1.5 less days per month of mental health problems, which is a really interesting way to look at it. Um, But um, that's what they found in this study. So I thought that was very interesting. So I I make sure that I exercise every day. At the moment, to be honest with you, I'm exercising twice a day. (laughs) Um, But that's just because I've got more time on my hands. Um, So exercise is key for your physical and your mental health. The second thing is diet. So there's something called the gut-brain axis or the GBA. Um, And that's been proven um, to have, I mean, they call your gut your second brain. So what you're putting into your body, you're just like a computer. If you put in good information, you're going to get good information out. If you put rubbish in, you're going to get rubbish out. So there's some key um, food groups, um, which you can look up online. Things like, and obviously it depends on if you're vegetarian or not, but actually a lot of vegetarian stuff is actually better for you so things like spinach cruciferous vegetables um broccoli and then on the meat and fish side of things anything that's awful so like liver and that sort of thing or um seafood like mussels and oysters and uh, crab and that sort of stuff um so that so i'm very very i make sure that my diet is very good and i make sure yep. that i'm getting a nice diverse sort of nutrient based. So I always make sure my plate's very colorful, lots of different colors, very good quality of food, no processed foods or minimal processed foods. We all have our, our weaknesses sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then the final thing, which has probably been the newest addition, but actually the most powerful is um, meditation. So I, I try, try to meditate every day. I'm, I'm, I'm the first to admit that I'm probably not the best and uh, doing it every day, um, but meditation has been proved to work in the same way as exercise, so through the same pathways, and um, it's um, it's been really really powerful for me. Um, and again, they've proved on randomised control trials that um, meditation and specifically mindfulness based meditation, yeah, um, is um, will uh, aid in the treatment of mental health disease. Of course but also actually have acute inflammatory disorders and acute sort of systemic disorders as well, which I found amazing that by meditating and by doing something within your brain, you can have an impact on how your body reacts to um, actually sort of systemic problems as well, which is really interesting.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think the exercise thing is so often under on the, on, on the kind of uh, emphasised. When, for example, myself, I look back, I felt at my best when I've been exercising more, you feel more virile, you feel more uh, up and at it, ready to go and do things. Even within the lockdown, the, the days where I've exercised, I've been more uh, inclined to go and cook afterwards and, and use more healthy yeah. groups, et etc. Et the Days where I've not, maybe just lazed around a little bit just because I was like, oh, it's lockdown, I'm a bit bored now, I can't be bothered to do X, Y, Z. Mm. Then you feel less willing to go and do extra things and you know get on top like of it like a
1: self-fulfilling prophecy isn't it it's like a, yeah. a, a positive cycle or a vicious cycle almost
0: yeah it's a hundred percent so you, it's kind of weird once you get on the bike you it, it'll make sense to you but the guys who aren't on it can't can't kind of compute that actually doing more exercise doesn't make you more tired it makes you more alive it's it's really crazy but it does work and it's kind of that thing do you know when someone has a big breakup uh and the guy hits the gym and he just you know to get to get all the negative energy out. It it's a definite thing. Or he goes to play loads of football or he does, you know, more exercise. Same with the girls as well. They they go and, you know, detox and do all these kinds of things to make yourself feel better. It's an actual physiological thing as opposed to just a mental thing. Yeah. You make your body healthier and then your mind feels better as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's I, I've always loved exercise and that's been my sort of go to. If I'm in a bad mood, if something has annoyed me I'll go for a run. I'll do some weights, and I'll feel much better afterwards. Mm. And I think the key thing for me with exercise is doing it in the morning because then I, c- I can't find an excuse to not do it. Whereas if you try and do it after work, your patient will turn up late, you'll run late, um, you have to see an emergency, and then you've got an excuse not to do it. Um, yeah. tarek has got a question there on yeah, meditating, and just to—I mean, I'll just explain what I do. So I've got a few practices that I try and do every day. One of them is something called the Five Minute Journal, um, which is something I picked up off Tim Ferriss. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. Um, and in essence, it's just a little, a little book that I write in first thing in the morning. And it's, it's, it's basically a gratitude practice. So yeah. Tony Robbins always talks about the fact that uh, where there's gratitude, there can't be any fear. So if you're feeling grateful, it's, it's very difficult to feel fearful at the same time. Um, so that's what I try and focus on first thing. And and it has sort of, it guides you as to what to write, but it has a quote. And then it says three things that you're grateful for three things that would make today. Great. And then in the evening you do the same just before bed. So it's a nice bookend to the day for me. And you write three things that were great today, three things that you could have done better. I think it is. Um, and, uh, yeah, one thing that you're proud of or something like that.
0: Yeah. it's, It's similar to what I was saying earlier about, um, when you're in a job that you may be not so happy with, find a couple of bits that are, oh, actually, this is pretty good. This is pretty good. This is pretty good. Yeah, And maybe we start to feel better about the situation. You yeah, can maybe look at things without that dark cloud over your heads.
1: Um, so I think that's really important. I know you've got a run, don't you? have got a virtual console. I've got, I've, got, I've got five minutes, so I'll just finish this for Tarek because I, 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 I love this yeah. topic. Just on your point, you just said something really interesting there, which is one of my favorite things with meditation that I picked up from Headspace, which I'll come into in a sec um but you said there's there's a dark cloud there then one Mm. of the key things i always try and think about when i'm in a really bad mood about something is whenever there's a dark cloud whenever you look up and there's dark clouds in the sky whenever you've been up in a plane and you go through those dark clouds what's above the clouds there's always blue sky up there isn't there Mm. and i think that's such a great analogy for meditation because if you can what you do by meditating is you you just focus on the present on the present um and in doing so i feel like you kind of you penetrate through that storm and then you actually can visualize the the sky above you. So I found uh, Headspace to be really, really useful. Um, And um, I've also found breathing exercises like stuff from Wim Hof um, to be quite powerful as well. So those are my sort of three things that I do. I'll do some sort of guided meditation. I'll do some breathing exercises, uh, which can just be breathing in and out for the same length of time um for a few minutes so as in your inhale and your exhale you keep them at the same length um and again that's just sort of a uh something to create focus in the mind i think yeah um and then uh, yeah the, the five minute journal and those three things have been really really useful they're really easy it takes it probably takes me about half an hour a day to do all three of those things
0: yeah I, it's just things that it takes a couple of minutes it's almost just to slow you down and go i'm gonna stop Just stop for a few minutes, and give yourself that time just to settle. I think that's kind of hearing you speak. That's what it sounds like to me. And uh, there are loads of ways of doing it. So, guys, hopefully, you can try that and see if it works. Let
1: Simon know how you how you felt about it. Yeah, please Um, do. I think we all, as dentists, we all need to meditate. It's it's great. Um, There's been lots Uh, of questions from I think from a few patients saying if they can't get to their dental practice, what do we suggest they do? Well, I. I wish we were able to see Unfortunately, at the moment, we're not allowed to. Uh, we're hoping that's gonna change very soon. Um, but at the moment, if you're, if you're in pain and you're struggling, then I would call your practice and see if they can help you over the phone. Uh, and if they're not able to do that, then they should be able to refer you to one of the urgent dental centers, uh, of which there are 500 across the country. Um, but yeah, it's a very difficult time in that regard.
0: Yeah, uh, we're on the phones. Or seven days a week even even through the weekend so yeah um there are practices going above and beyond what they would normally be doing so guys you can get in touch uh and then if it's out of hours at a funny time of day there's always one 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 as well so uh definitely if you need to get in touch with people there are people av- available for, for the dental pain side of things yeah. um i'm i'm wary about the time we've got because uh yeah, yeah no that's, that's been great mate good chat um yeah, I, I think it's been great. Maybe we'll pick up it again at some point. I think the uh, the meditation and stress and mental health side of things are definitely something we could talk a lot about. Uh, yeah. I think it's the, an area we're both kind of passionate about and uh, got some interesting takes for Sean. We can, we can definitely get some uh, interesting bits and
1: pieces out there for the guys. Uh, yeah, the more, it's, the more we talk about it, the more normal it becomes. I, I've struggled with anxiety. I have done in the past. I still do today it's it's part of life it's just how we manage that that's the uh the key thing i think and just looking out for each other and just making sure that we don't ever let it get so bad that we become suicidal because that that's a real problem in our profession
0: yeah for sure i i, I think there's definitely things that we can do for each other that are going to stop anyone getting to that point uh and hopefully Uh, we'll all get on board and kind of help each other out there. I think that's definitely something that we should be doing more of. Uh, But thank you, Sam, for your time. Uh, I know you've got a rush. Uh, It's been really, really uh, enjoyable having you on. Hopefully, the guys have taken some bits and pieces away from you. Make sure you're already following Simon if you're not. uh, And if you're not following me, please do. And turn on live notifications. We're going live basically every day until lockdown will end. So uh, we'll have lots and lots of guys on uh, with different topics, within dentistry, slightly your left field dentistry as well. Uh, so hopefully you'll enjoy those while we do them. Cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Awesome, guys. Thank you for joining us. Stay safe. Bye. bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you would like to support what I'm doing on a Hotball podcast and Dentist of Insta, and would also like some of the great benefits that I'm offering, including a global referral network, one-on-one Instagram growth training, a premium Dentist of Insta community where you can socialize with other dentists and students, and discounts from dental companies, including ProDent USA. Please have a look at the link in my bio and join the Patreon group. hope you have a great day and make sure to come back for the next episode.